a fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avton Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avton, and it is a privilege and an honor to be with you on this Tuesday as we find ourselves on the 22nd day of the month of Iyar and the fourth day of May. The show is obviously coming five days after the terrible tragedy that took place in Miran, the largest peacetime tragedy in the last hundred years in Israel, and it's not longer. And just a, a horrible, horrible story with on so many levels, young children, teenagers, parents, grandparents, and a terrible stampede that took place. And I would like to dedicate the thoughts of Torah that we share today in their memory. I want to start by reflecting on a song I heard as a child. There was a Holocaust survivor and uh, an incredible poet in Yiddish. His name was Rabbi Yomtov Erlich. And he composed many, many songs. He had an incredible talent in bringing across um, beautiful ideas through melody. And his songs were absolute classics. And about 25, 30 years ago, they were remastered and redone by a popular Hasidic singer, Avram Fried, and that really brought those songs to the masses. And one of the songs that's always made an impression on me, it's in Yiddish, but obviously I'll just share some of the points. It's a, it's a full script. He used to write very long songs with lots of words. And he has an episode about the Ashalon, uh, the, the train, and how it's after World War II, and in various train stations all across Europe, Families are meeting each other. Obviously, many people didn't get to meet, but he describes how one person finds a sister and the other person finds a son and all the emotion that takes place each time somebody is showing up back to their hometown and there's someone waiting for them because that's where people used to look for relatives. They used to go to the train station to see who's going to come off the train. Will it be somebody they know? And after describing in his beautiful poetic language various episodes, he then describes how there's one person standing at the platform by the station, and he's just a bit lost and confused and trying to find his place. And somebody runs over to him and says, Beluda, my brother. And the guy looks at him and says, but I never had any brothers, even before the war. How could you be my brother? And this fellow looks, responds, this guy that ran up to him, and he says, but aren't we all brothers? I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy you survived. And that song always brings home to me, brought home to me the idea that, yes, we have our close family and we have our circles of friends and acquaintances, 
And very often that's simply by circumstance. You know, have you lived in a different place or been born in a different family with a very different friends? And those relationships are extremely vital and pretty much keep us alive. But then, then there are, then there's the truth and that is we're all family. And when a tragedy hits us that 45 people die in the most horrible way, it has to affect us. It has to affect us. It doesn't have to. It does. It affects us because ultimately we are family. And that's something that we're very good at remembering, but only at specific moments. Not only as the macro, but even the micro. I often see families coming together, small intimate families, siblings who haven't spoken to each other in years, parents and children who have a very uncomfortable relationship. They come together in tragedy because tragedy offers perspective and perspective kind of wipes away pettiness. There's very little room for getting lost in details when you have a big crisis. Or as one analogy I saw yesterday, the difference between being, you know, a insect on the ground or a bird in the sky. The insect is very detail oriented and that's great, but sometimes it's important to have a bird's eye view. And the bird's eye view is the bigger picture. And we have tragedy. That's when we get the bird's eye view. But then often we lose it. We lose the bird's eye view and we, we come back into the nitty gritty. And the truth is it's a hard one. Um, you know, we often talk about the idea of being bigger than the pettiness, but let's, let's acknowledge it's hard. I remember watching a documentary about astronauts who come back from space and they then struggle coming back into this earth because the perspective they got while looking at the entire globe as a little ball from outer space, they struggle to connect it and balance it with the reality of people living their lives on this earth and not having that perspective. And therefore, sometimes only having the bird's eye view is also dangerous because then you just become theoretical and you just, you know, become maybe an academic, um, you know, talking in theory, but not in real life. And that balance, that struggle between having the bird's eye view and also living the, the real life is a huge challenge. So it's very easy, for example, to talk about let's all get along until you actually start listening to people's dynamics that they have at home, until you start listening to, gosh, do you realize how complex that marriage is? And do you realize how complex that relationship is? And it often, it offers a lot of, you know, understanding of why relationships are so complex. But let's not forget the need and necessity for a bird's eye view as well to, to sit back at certain moments, especially as we are in the Omer, and we're, I'm going to be, we'll be playing in just a moment some a cappella music, some of my favorite a cappella music. We're still in the Omer, we're still in the time of um, grief, and it's a, it's the grief of loss of life thousands of years ago because we couldn't get along, and it's the grief for loss of life now. And unfortunately, some of us or many of us are still struggling to get along. It's one of the saddest truths that God wants nothing more than us to get along. And the single hardest thing in this world in which we all see the world differently and have our unit is to get along. To create space. To create space in our heart. And on that theme, I want to 
share with you this a cappella song. It's called Dovavi. It's a beautiful song. Dovavi Mishkan Evna. I will build a home for God in my heart. And I will, I will sacrifice my desires for the, for the sake of a bigger purpose. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avton from Linksfield Shul, and we today are talking about a theme that we started developing last week and in the wake of the tragedy that occurred on Thursday night, early Friday morning in Israel. The, the idea of seeing the other person with respect and with love. Often we talk about the mitzvah of Avat Yisrael, the mitzvah of loving a fellow Jew, loving a fellow, you know, the, loving your fellow, loving the other person. But there's a very different obligation, and that is kavod, respect. Respect is very different than love, and I want to talk about that for a few moments. Let's think about any relationship in our lives, your relationship where you have your sibling, your parent. Unless the relationship is dysfunctional, and unfortunately there's quite a few of them, most relationships are loving. Most relationships within family are loving. What lacks often in family dynamics is kavod, respect or morah, or reverence. Why? Because that's a very different energy. Love brings you close. Reverence, respect, is a distance. And often we, we run into each other with absolute closeness. You know, it's, it's no secret that the average family is either too distant or too enmeshed. Uh, like very few of us, nobody comes into the world with a manual of how to deal with family, extended family, immediate family, siblings, siblings when they're younger, siblings when they're older, parents. It's, families are a very complex situation, and often that's where most of the drama of our lives take place, too often. And... If you actually look to see at the heart, where are most issues in family? Obviously, I'm not talking about in extreme situations when somebody's like totally impossible. I'm talking about the average family that has some stuff. It's a lack of healthy boundaries. How close and how far? Should I fall all over you? And you know, once I get married, I should still visit my mom every day four times a day and call her about everything that I do, or not call at all, or yes, or a little bit. And most of us are, try to find some happy middle, and it's it's a struggle. It's a huge struggle, struggle with siblings. It's it, it's the struggle, I believe, that happens in family dynamics. And often, the struggle, at the heart of the struggle, why we, why we can't make sense of, like, where the relationship starts and where it ends, is the unawareness of two necessities within each relationship, love and respect. Two very different mandates, because love brings closer. According to Jewish mysticism, when a person is loving God, when they're having a connection with their creator, love is something that brings them closer. They want to cleave. 
or on the other hand is like oh wow this is a big deal like i don't want to you know hurt i don't i i, I want to do things out of respect but it's you feel respect when you feel the distance like wow hashem god is so great i can't do that love is when you bridge the divide awe and respect is when you're aware of the divide and often in life we're trying too much to bridge a divide but some divides are not supposed to be bridged healthy boundaries is necessary in every single relationship there's not one relationship in our life that there's not boundaries necessary and often the reason families get into major feuds is a lack of boundaries not sure what to say when to say how to say if to say overstepping boundaries or understepping boundaries not doing enough etc knowing where that line is where the relationship has to sit at and constantly reevaluating it is an incredible challenge but often we only talk about love love in our families love your children and it's true first of all you know it's biological but also yeah it's true we have to show our love to our kids but we also have to show them how to respect us and, and in different ways us respect them respect their boundaries respect their dignity and teach them to respect us and that's a very different process than showing love you do it because you love them in other words you can teach them respect and bring respect because of love but it's a different energy respect will set boundaries and love bridges boundaries and love without respect or if in the words of kabbalah chesed without gevura kindness without discipline ahava love without kavod respect destroys relationships because there's n- there's no human being who can have a relationship with another human being without boundaries it's it's impossible it's the truth is we even need boundaries within ourselves we have to love ourselves but we also have boundaries we have to be able to say okay get out of that nonsense stop feeling sorry for yourself whatever narrative we're telling ourselves we constantly constantly fighting the impulse of going down a path and getting too close maybe and distance but somehow many people especially people who suffer trauma in their youth and you know crave closeness they see distance as a curse they see distance and boundaries as the opposite of love but it's not it's not the opposite of love it's it's the greatest it's one of the great expressions of love a parent who truly loves their child doesn't give the kid a sharp item just because the the baby is asking for it the toddler might be screaming up and down that they think there's nothing cooler than that long you know meat knife that you have on the counter and you're taking it away and they're having a meltdown but at that moment saying no and creating uh, you know that ability of asserting yourself because you know what's right is the greatest act of love and it's something that we actually learn during the omer because we're now in the counting of the omer we're already counted 37 out of 49 days we're pretty much 3 quarters the way through and in this process of counting the omer we each day we're focusing on integration on various character traits chesed shebigvura and netzach shebahod and tiferet shebamalchut we're 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 integrating various energies 
because we realize that no energy in isolation is wholesome enough and we need to feed off each other, we need to bounce off each other, we need various components. Love in a relationship is not enough. Respect in a relationship is not enough because there also has to be closeness. If there's only respect, then that is very much a relationship of um, distance. But relationships needs closeness. And you need both. And living in that paradox and having the wisdom of knowing when close and when distant is, I believe, a skill that not enough of us are taught or figure out. And in our time, in, in the time that we're finding in, that we're focusing in the time of Omer on unity, it's important that we realize that as much as love is important, and everyone says we have to love each other more, we have to respect each other more. You know why? Because if you love somebody, you don't respect their boundaries. If you respect them, you do. Respect means no matter what I feel, I will not do something because it's going to hurt you. Love is just emotion. It's unbridled emotion. It's intensity. And love can easily turn into hate, anger, frustration, because love is a strong emotion. Respect is not an emotion. Respect is a behavior. And if you only have, let's say, love in your marriage, then when everything's hunky-dory, when everything's fantastic, then great. But what happens when my marriage is only based on what I feel? I'm in love. I love, etc. And there's no behavior patterns that say, no matter what I'm feeling, I will not do that. Because my feelings don't dictate. My feelings will dictate when they're good feelings. But when they're not, I will make sure that I'm, I have lines I don't cross. That only comes from respect. You can hurt somebody you love. You cannot hurt, intentionally at least, somebody you respect. Because if you respect them, you're always asking what they need, not what I need. In love, it's very much a, a selfish feeling. I feel love. Love is a feeling. Respect is not a feeling. You could show respect even if you don't feel it. What exactly is the feeling of respect? You feel all. But respect is, I will treat you a certain way. Whether I think you deserve it, whether I feel you deserve it, I will not say certain things to you. I will not treat you in a certain way. The most abusive and unhealthy dysfunctional relationships all, all had love at some stage. Otherwise, why would the two of them have married or gotten into a relationship? But what often was lacking, especially in abusive relationships, is respect. You don't go there, no matter what you're feeling right now, you don't go there. And yes, we all need more love in our lives, but gosh, if I would argue, if I, if, if I had a voice, I would say, I think we even need more respect than love, to respect people's boundaries. You know, before we WhatsApp something, don't only ask how you're feeling, show respect. Respect isn't respect like, oh, wow, that person is so high on the pedestal. No. To any human being. Dignity. You know, often you'll see people having an emotional experience and they'll send the nastiest WhatsApps and the nastiest emails or voice notes. 
And you're like, first of all, you should never, ever share emotion. Here's my tip of the day. Don't ever share emotion on a WhatsApp or an email or a voice note. If you have an emotional message to give face to face or at least the phone, but to sit there blasting your emotions on the WhatsApp is so irresponsible. It is so disrespectful. And to be honest, it's cowardice because at least have the courage to call the person and say, I want to talk this through instead of just firing away this like nasty WhatsApp. <laughs> and I see often it, it, these things are like they cause so much friction and they're not done by bad people. In general, most hurt in this world are not done by bad people. Most of the pain in the world are not done by psychopaths, terrorists, misogynists, racists. They do a lot of problems. But if you ask yourself, most of the tears that were shed in the last day around the world, okay, so some tears were tear of joy, some were just release of emotion, but any tear of pain, I would argue that 90% of tears around the world right now, or maybe a little less or more, is hurt being done by good people to good people. It's not being done by, by, by sick, you know, brainwashed people who have been forced or, or, or whatever, to, who are doing evil. It's good people who just don't think who put their feelings often before dignity, who, who let their emotions dictate their lives. You know, often we, we, we open the news and we, you know, there's a lot of things that people love bashing the, the news addiction that we have in our time. But one of the things that sticks out to me is when you turn on the news, you're hearing about big cases, big stories, politics, terror attacks, um, you know, world events, and you actually start convincing yourself that those are the stuff that really matter and that those are the stuff that are affecting most people. And yes, there are, there is things that, that are big that are affecting many people. But again, most of the pain in the today's world is being done by good people to good people without thought. Often unintentionally, nobody wants, very few, nobody pretty much wants to be a bad person. But we often just do things that hurt the other person. And if you could not only love your fellow, but you could respect them, you'll ask yourself before you say anything, before you scheme up anything, oh gosh, I'm sure that's what's going on. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Treat them with dignity. Treat them with respect, because chances are they're as sweet as, as you. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Rabbi Levi Avtson. I want to thank um, those who are sending comments, whether to my private WhatsApp or to the SMS line 34519. Really appreciate it. And... Today, we are talking about the balance that's often lacking between respecting one another and loving one another, and how all too often we hear about how we need more love, but we don't often talk about how we need more respect. 
because love doesn't prevent you from hurting somebody. But respect does. Every parent who hurts their child or every spouse that hurts their spouse or every sibling that hurts their siblings, not every, but most love their kids, pretty much every. But that they respect them. Because if you respect, then you ask, what do you want? You see things from the other thing's perspective. So you might love somebody and therefore, you know, go run and buy a gift. And you want to express your love. But if you focus on respect, you're like, okay, what does the person actually need? So husband's running home and, you know, they think, oh, well, I'm going to show my love. I'm going to go buy a set of flowers. And that's very well. And he's about to go into the flower store and he gets a phone call that the kids are acting out at home and he needs to come home then. Now he wants to express his love. So he thinks that, you know, maybe insisting on the flowers is the right thing to do. But ultimately, if he says, I don't want to only just be the loving person and the romantic, but I actually want to show dignity and respect to my spouse. Then you run over and you do what's necessary because it's not about me, even though you're not going to walk in as the hero anymore. Because again, it's not about me. Love is often about me. In the words of Kabbalah, when somebody loves God, Yesh Mishael Hev. In order to love, you have to be a somebody because I love. It's funny how often the word I goes as the first word in a sentence of love. Right? Nobody says, you are beloved by me. That's that's just not the way we talk. It's, I love you. But can you understand how loud that I, I is? If the whole sentence is about loving you, then why would I be the first and, you know, the beginning of the sentence? Because in love, there's a lot of I. I am feeling. I'm in love. I feel something. But by definition, if I'm focusing on the I, that's a bit of self-centeredness. And even when one is loving God, we're told that there's still the ego. But when somebody has awe, reverence, respect, then it's not about them. It's about, wow, what does that person need? There's very little I in respect. Because again, there's nothing about me. It's all about them. It's all about what do you need? What's going to make you feel good? Now, again, respect without love has no passion. Boundaries without connections is just a lack of a relationship. But within a relationship, boundaries are fundamental. Or in the words of the Tanya, in our relationship to God, the foundation of our relationship to God is Yira is awe and reverence, and then love fits into that because by definition, what reverence is saying at the beginning of the relationship, it's not about me. It's not about me. Then let me bring as much love and excitement into it. I brought this up often how before I got married, one of my wise friends told me, he says, I want you to respect marriage more. He gave me a blessing. He says, I bless you that you respect your marriage more than you love your wife. And at the time, that sounded extremely idealistic and silly and 
Come on, man. Really? But I've seen it. I've seen it from myself and I've seen it from so many, you know, marriages that I've been involved in over the years as a, as a rabbi. How yes, you have to respect the institution of marriage even more than you love the other person. Because again, if you respect the institution and you respect the person, then you'll fight for the marriage. If it's only love, what happens in two years time when you don't love? It's impossible to feel the same thing every day of your life. That's only in fantasy land. And if our relationships are based on feelings, we are setting them up to terrible disappointments. Because relationships aren't based on feelings. Feelings play a huge role in them, but that's not the basis of it. How could something so flimsy as a feeling be the foundation of something as important as a relationship? The foundation is respect, commitment, values, things that aren't emotional, things that are rock solid. And then, by all means, fill that with emotion, fill that with love. So when we talk about let's all get along, maybe we can use a different expression. Instead of just focusing on let's all love each other. Let's bring love back into marriages and love back into communities. I think there's a lot of love out there. Maybe the, the right statement is, let's have respect. Because if I respect you, I'll never hurt you. And if I respect you, I won't talk behind your back. And if I respect you, I'll respect your choices, even if I disagree with them. The world needs a lot more respect. Not only love. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Shore. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. So this Sunday is Mother's Day. And truth is, as I, when I was growing up, I was always told every day is Mother's Day. But in this town and all around the world, people focus on the contribution of mothers on this day, which is beautiful. And we... As you've heard some of the advertisements, go pamper your mom, go do something for her. But in the theme of what we've been talking about this last 40 minutes or so, how's this for a suggestion? This Mother's Day, commit yourself that you won't only love your mom, which is pretty natural. You'll respect her as well. And even if she does something that maybe gets on your nerves or you want to blow up or tell her what's on your mind, because you love her. But this time, you'll bring respect into it. You won't sit in her seat. You'll stand up when she walks into the room. You won't interrupt her conversation. You'll serve her food. You know what that does to a relationship? It takes a relationship of two equals and now puts very healthy boundaries because our relationship with our parents are not equals. My mom is not my buddy, and she shouldn't be. We should have close relationships and a lot of love, but a lot of respectful boundaries, because respect means it's about the other. 
and in all relationships, it has to become a little less about the I, I love you, and more about you. And how can I help you? How can I help you? Let's respect one another. Unlike the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva who passed away during this time of the Omer, they didn't respect one another. We ought to. It's the most important thing, I believe, that's lacking in so many of our relationships. Finish off with another song of a cappella by the same recent CD by Benny Freeman. It's called Tati My King. And this is a final beautiful song for today's show. I want to thank Craig and the Chayef team. And thank you all for listening. Have a great day.